0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to Nintendo Everything Refresh, the show where we refresh your memory on what is new and exciting in the world of Nintendo. Uh, I'm your host, Nick Serpa, and we are also here with Dennis Gagliardato. Hello, hello. And we've got Nicholas Chade. Hello, everyone. Alright, folks, uh, it has been a big week for Nintendo News. Um, just to kind of give you a rundown of what we're going to be talking about today, uh, we're going to start off by going through the Indie World Showcase. There were a lot of great games shown in that. Uh, then we will go into the Nintendo Financial Report, uh, doesn't sound super exciting, but, um, surprising numbers coming from some Nintendo games, and, uh, there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, there was a Monster Hunter Direct this week, which, uh, fans of Monster Hunter Rise have a lot to look forward to with the upcoming Sunbreak expansion coming out not far from now. Uh, and then we've got some smaller news topics to talk about, uh, towards the back of the show, so, uh, but before we get to all that, the Indie World Showcase... Uh, this kind of came out of nowhere. On uh, Monday it was announced, and then Tuesday morning we were all uh, hunched over our computer monitors and looking for that next next indie to dive into. Um, so so here's what we're going to do today, because there's there's a lot of games that they showed off, uh, more than we have time to talk about. So we've all kind of picked our, our favorite game of the show, we're going to call it our game of show. And uh, we've also all picked a runner up. So we are going to just kind of go around the group here. And get a sense for what everyone is most excited about. So, Dennis, what is your game of show
1: from the indie world? Yeah, so uh, obviously there were, like, it was a great presentation that had so many great indies in it but uh, the one that stood out the most for me personally was soundfall um right away i'm i'm just a i'm just a sucker for a great art direction and i loved the aesthetic of it right it was it was bright it was beautiful the illustrations were fantastic and then not to mention the ui and just everything and it was just so well put together and just the idea of going through a dungeon crawler in a rhythmic sort of fashion, something akin to like how Crypt the the Necrodancer is, um, but, you know, less restrictive, you know, you're not on these sort of like a set grid style map, right? So, um, but it just looked really neat to me, and I love rhythm games uh, in general. So just sort of combining those two uh, genres were... Uh, just really really neat uh, to see and i personally hadn't heard of it before it's it's possible that it may have been announced before but i i personally like just wasn't aware of it so it was nice to see something new and refreshing because honestly a lot of the stuff in indie world uh this past presentation um while there was a great selection of games a lot of these games have either been around for a while um either in early access or they've been released um as a full build for a while now on pc and or other platforms right so um so, But Soundfall was the one that definitely stood out the most to me um, in terms of art direction and just something that I would definitely be heavily uh, interested into. Um, and I did end up getting it, actually, but I just haven't had the time to play it uh, just yet. So hopefully next week we can you know, I'll be able to talk about it and uh, dive into that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, that was my game of the show uh and then as a but as a runner-up it was definitely batora batora lost haven um that was awesome to see I, i had the pleasure of playing a closed alpha um sometime last year and i immediately clicked with it right away and again much like soundfall great art direction right and it is uh basically also kind of a dungeon crawler and but it uses more of a hack and slash approach um not necessarily action RPG, but more just more of like a, you know, general hack and slash sort of uh, style of gameplay um, with a couple upgrades here and there. Um, but it was, even though it was only in an alpha state, it already felt great. It looked great. Um, uh, I was playing it on PC at the time and I immediately just clicked with it. The characters were all super um, engrossing and. Uh, The story was captivating. It's not too deep of a story. It's kind of a generic, like, you know, oh, you know, uh, my planet got destroyed. I got to avenge my planet sort of deal But it's not as sort of, you know, black and white. Your basic science
0: fiction premise. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's a great way to put it. But it's not as black and white as it may seem. You know, uh, things do get deep and a lot more um uh, intricate that the you know the more that you the more that you play and again i was only playing an alpha state at the time and and it being already as great as it was in that state i i immediately had big hopes for it and i've been following that game ever since and now that it's coming to switch it's super exciting because i do believe it'll be a great switch game even though unfortunately the footage that we saw was <laughs> that footage was like it it looked like it ran fine but like man that footage that was captured was like super blurry so i'm like man like because it's you know clearly they had to make some sacrifices on the switch but again it's still some time away right so hopefully they can yeah sort of polish that yep. up before the game comes out so
0: yeah it's worth mentioning uh, well first of all dennis it seems like you have a soft spot for these kind of top down uh <laughs> what like 2d 2.5d shooters because yeah. these yeah. are both your picks so it seems yeah. like your genre one of your genres um Yeah, no, I think, um, so it's worth mentioning that Soundfall was not only revealed that day, but also came out that same day. So that was just a total out-of-left-field announcement, which gotta love those
1: um I, I love announcements like those honestly those are always my favorite when you see a game that looks great and then it's just like by the way it's out today i'm like what get out of here that's crazy because <laughs> then you don't have to wait right and then the hype is like still so fresh and you can't help yourself and personally i feel like that drives more sales i mean i know it must be so hard to keep something like that so tight-lipped you know and then having to release the same day instead of being like yeah by the way we'll be out at like the end of summer or the end of fall or whatever but yeah, you it's know, gotta to be ha- tough yeah, very, very tough. Because then, really, there's no marketing either that you have to do right. So you have to rely on a great presentation. So there's a lot of risk when you do something like that, you know. Um, but uh, but when it's done right, like I believe Soundfall was, um, you know, it's 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 great to see, and and yeah, it's, it's some of my. Favorite excitements when they're like, you know, here's a new game. By the way, it comes out today. I'm like, all right, there you go. You take my money immediately, you know, because then you don't really sit and dwell on it. You don't have to worry about exactly uh, what else is coming out around that time. Because again, the hype That's is what so they fresh want. in your mind. They want yeah, you exactly. to just be like, oh, that looks great. I'm gonna
0: go buy it right now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it works. The only thing I I, I don't know too much about Patoro Lost Haven, but with Soundfall, the only thing that was like I was hesitant about is it's a they say it's dynamically generated levels, which to me says. Oh, it could
1: could get repetitive pretty quick. Yeah. I'm, I'm not so sure. But yeah, um, I'm I'm also someone who likes to like memorize maps, also. So I'm not a fan of procedurally generated levels at all, um, unless it's something that works to the exploration factor of it like i think it works really well for a game let's just say like no man's sky right because yeah. uh, because you want to go into a planet and be introduced to in a completely new world right but something like this i i would prefer a more consistent and methodical approach to the design of the environment so um, but that's just me
0: all right well those are some solid picks uh all right nicholas let's jump over to you what was your
2: top game of the show Um, so what really caught my eye during the show was probably one of the smaller games there. Uh, it was Elekhead, like the, the little platformer with the robot you control. Yeah. Uh, it's made by one person, (laughs) which already was something that just really, you know, you can't hear that and not be at least a little impressed in the same style of Cave Story. It's just made by this one guy based on a prototype that he made for a game design contest, I think. Uh, And it just seemed like a really fun, kind of simple platformer. You're a little robot. You have to power up this facility and bring it power and light everything up. Uh, And you do that by using your body. Anything you touch with your body is powered up. And you have to navigate through the different levels, trying not to power up things that will kill you while making platforms and whatnot to allow you to progress. Uh, It also has this fun little gimmick of being able to throw your head and having your head independently power things while you move with your body, which is just very creative. <laughs> I love seeing that. That was just really fun.
1: Yeah, um, it was definitely one of my yeah. highlights of the show, because uh, I love puzzle mm-hmm. platformers in general, and I loved like, just how cute it looked, you know? And like you said, just being able oh, to throw so your cute. head and um, utilize the sort of mechanics, and you know, anything you jump on powers it up, and it's just so so clever. It just looked great. I'm super excited for that one.
0: It almost it's feels also like just, to me, like like back when Nintendo made more smaller games, you know, uh, they, which I feel mm-hmm. like they don't do a lot of nowadays. But this kind of feels like the kind of game they would make, where like it's this little basic platformer, kind of along the lines of Box Boy, Box where Boy, it's yeah. Like, yeah. You game just you that, just yeah. you've got this great this great gimmick, and you just build a whole game around it. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with you. It looks super creative.
2: Yeah, and it's also just I mean I, I don't know if this is necessarily something that'll put off people, but I also looked it up. Uh, And the game is apparently set to be fairly short. It's not going to be a super lengthy game. It'll just be a nice little short and sweet experience, maybe a few hours. Uh, And as someone that's currently going through another big RPG after going through Xenoblade 2, that's going to be playing Monster Hunter, and that's going to be playing Xenoblade 3, having that kind of just short and sweet experience is really nice. It's just something that doesn't overstay its welcome. It knows what it's trying to do. It does it well. And then you can just reflect on the experience afterwards. Yeah. It's all about that balance, Nicholas. Can't, I mean, I mean, I know you love all your <laughs>
0: massive RPGs that just suck up your whole life, but <laughs> I'm sure you're always relieved when you get to play
2: something that uh, is just like a, it, a yeah. palate cleanser. It's yep, yeah, definitely a palate cleanser. Awesome. Um, what my was second your game that I noticed. Yeah, my second game that I noticed. Um, it's very different in tone, and that was Cult of the Lamb. Uh, and I don't. I will definitely play Elekhead when that comes out because it's it just really captured me. Um Cult of the Lamb I'm not 100% sure of, but I think it's interesting. Uh it's a roguelike and I've played a few roguelikes in the past and I tend to enjoy them, but it just has this kind of this very unique aesthetic. It's going for this kind of look, everything's cute and wholesome, but also everything is demonic and terrifying. Uh and <laughs> if nothing else that intrigues me. I'm really curious and seeing more about it.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of, when I first saw that game, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Binding of Isaac for some reason, mm-hmm. even though it also looks like it's it's doing something different. Um, like, beyond just the combat elements of the game, it looks like there's a level of management to it, like you're actually like building and managing this cult. Um, it's <laughs> It's got a lot going on, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It looks like the kind of game that's like, we'll wait and see how this one reviews but it's a great idea mm-hmm. all right well i think we've gone through everyone else's picks, so i guess i'll, I'll go through mine real quick Um uh, my top game of the show was ooblets which was the first game they showed um man this game has been a long time coming it is um gosh i mean dennis do you know how long has this game been in development <laughs>
1: Wow, I think I bought it actually shortly after it came out, if not the day it came out. And I want to say that was probably in the summer of 2020, uh, when it was an early access, because it was an early access uh, exclusively on the Epic Game Store. And then it was also available on Xbox through its game preview program. And that's where I right. got it, actually, it was on Xbox. And I want to say that was summer of 2020, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been quite a bit. Is it, is it still in game preview on Xbox? I feel like it that is. That is a great question. Um, I Probably. I, th- I think so, yeah. But, but, you know, with it coming out on Switch, I think it's a good indication that it's nearing its final build. Or its full build, anyways. Um, so, uh, that, it's yeah. really exciting to see. Because I did have to stop playing after a certain point. Because I did reach the sort of, quote-unquote, end, if you will. Because I literally... There was... N- no more that was developed, or at least available after that. Um, so, yeah, and then some of the dialogue was insane, where it was, like, some people were saying, like, insert text here, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. So got it. it was super yeah. early access when I played it, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I've got a huge soft spot for these types of life sim games, and uh, this one has just got just really just awesome um, sense of style to me. It's got creature collecting, it's got a little bit of farming in it, um, it looks like it's got a very fleshed-out world, which uh, I'm, like, I, you really can't take for granted in these games. I think we see a lot of these types of games, uh, but I don't think all of them do a great job at act- fleshing out the actual setting. No. Um, yeah. But watching this trailer, I was like, yeah, this is a world I'd be excited to explore and uh, build a little character in, so... Yeah, it's... Um,
1: it- from the few places I got to visit, um, it's a lot of them have just so much personality and the humor is fantastic. And then the little dance battles that you do are just amazing and all the creatures are super cute. It's, it's I can't recommend it enough, honestly, even when it was on early access, I was telling people to get it. So now that the full build's come out and on Switch nonetheless, which I think would be a phenomenal Switch game. Um, yes, yeah, I'm excited for it. I hope everyone else is excited for it. Please support it. It's, It's great.
0: Yeah, that one's is supposed to be coming out sometime this summer. So uh, you better believe I will be keeping an eye on that one for sure. Um, my runner-up—I'm uh, cheating a little bit because this one was not announced in the Indie World Direct, but it was announced like basically right after. Uh, <laughs> Alan Wake Remastered is coming to the Switch, which is just so exciting. Uh, it feels like a game that should have come to the Switch along with the other versions. Um, yeah. I'm really glad it's here now though because I think um, especially with all the love that Control has been getting Alan Wake uh, came back came out back on the Xbox 360 uh, towards the beginning of that console's lifespan Um, but it kind of takes place in the same universe as Control there's it's all part of this big connected science fiction slash paranormal universe that Remedy is building slowly and um, I I played Control and I liked it a lot and I I I I haven't Yeah, it's, they're really building something special, um, and so I have been wanting to go back to Alan Wake and, um, see if maybe I can spot some more connections between the stories now. Um, I know they actually added in some content into the remastered version, just, like, subtle references that are supposed to tie the two games together a bit more, um, so I really want to go back and and check that out. Um, not technically an indie, so I know I'm, I'm cheating a little bit, but, um, but yeah, very excited for that one coming out in the fall. Any other closing thoughts uh, before we move on to our next topic on the uh, indie world presentation from anyone? I thought it was a solid showcase.
1: It, it, it was a solid uh, showcase. I just want to give a quick, just sort of, uh, uh, is I just want to tell everyone that it'll be okay. That was looking forward to Silk Song, <laughs> who once again didn't get to <laughs> oh. see Silk Song. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know. Yeah, just pour one out, um, you know. Hopefully, on the hopefully in the next one, you guys, you know. Uh, but you know, my condolences. <laughs> I think it would take away all the attention of all the other indie games that deserve a lot of attention as well. Um, so, yeah, and I I think it's it's a weird comparison, but um, I don't know if you guys watched uh, uh, the new Batman movie, but it's always, you know, there, there's a deleted scene of the Joker, right, of uh, in the, from the Batman. And I think it was smart to delete that scene, even though, you know, Joker is obviously one of the most, you know, famous uh, villains of all time. Um, but I, I think if that scene was still stuck in that movie, that's all people would be talking about was like, oh, my God, look, it's the new Joker instead of like everyone else who did just such a phenomenal job on that film. And I feel like Silk Song has sort of gotten to that point where it's just like Indie World, no matter... Yeah, exactly. No matter how great that presentation would be, no matter how great all the games looked, Silk Song would immediately be the go-to for everyone's intention, and it would divert people away from all the other great content coming to the platform.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, Summer announcement season is already kind of underway, so who knows? Maybe it'll make a a presence in the next Nintendo mainline direct, or um, who knows? But I I could... Fingers crossed we'll see it in some capacity this summer, for all the folks who are excited about it. Alright, well, uh, that was the Indie World Showcase. Uh, Like I said, plenty more announcements coming out throughout the summer. Uh, But this is also right around the time that Nintendo, every year, uh, it it doesn't sound exciting, but it's pretty important. Uh, Basically what they do is they, they go and they talk to all the important investor people, and they say, hey, here's how good we've been doing the past year. And, um, you know, it's a lot of numbers, not necessarily everyone's thing, but there are some interesting little tidbits uh, that always come out of these, these announcements that we wanted to go through. So, um, there's a lot we could talk about, but I'm just gonna start off with this. Um, so far, the Nintendo Switch, all the different variations of it, has sold about 108 million units, which places it pretty much at the top of, not, not quite at the top, but it's getting up there, but like, top five uh, best-selling consoles of all time. Um, there are only a few consoles that have sold more than that, actually. Um, the, the next one that is uh, it's coming up on is the PS4, which sold, I think, like, 117-ish. Um, and then after that, you've got just, like, the Game Boy, the DS, and the PS2 at 155 million. So, Switch is getting up there, and um, it's it's a console that they're saying is only halfway through its life. So, I guess... My yeah. question is do you, do you guys think the switch will become the best-selling console of all time at the rate it is selling i
1: mean, think it'll get definitely possibility yeah. um yeah it'll definitely be possible um but at the end of the day we have to think about just how massive that 155 million is that uh who the ps2 has that is that what you said nick yeah 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 like that's huge that's massive um now do I think it could reach that? Absolutely. Um, but will it? I mean, that remains to be seen, honestly. Um, I think if we get one more hardware iteration in the family, that might be possible. Um, but I think you're starting to see not necessarily sales slowed down. I think that's, that's a bad way to put it. But, you know, as games move towards newer and better technology with the release of the next generation now um because switch came out in a weird sort of mid-gen cycle right um Mm -hmm. so between ps4 and xbox one so uh it's it'll be interesting to see as i don't think the games available on switch will Lesson. I think they'll only just grow really if anything but the problem is is if you are looking for those massive blockbusters you're going to start seeing that less and less and less from a third party perspective and it's going to be very focused and streamlined between smaller budget games and that might not help the system last um, as long as it could. I believe, you know, because I think you do need a healthy, a healthy offering of like, of course, Nintendo stuff, the first party stuff, and then, you know, have a nice little sort of offering of indies, but then have a nice offering of like the A and the A stuff from other third party studios as well. And I think you're seeing that less and less and less. And even if you do still see that on a somewhat consistent basis, there is too much of a sacrifice being made for the Switch version of whatever the game may be. Um, that ultimately doesn't to me doesn't really make it worth the purchase um if that makes sense so uh, but yeah Yeah. i don't know it'll be interesting because ultimately i do believe like reggie has said many times and this is something nintendo believes as well where software software does drive hardware right and um so i mean ultimately you know we'll we'll see i mean i hope it does because it's a phenomenal system you know so that'd be awesome to be part of that history right um but but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. 155 is no easy feat, so we'll
0: see. It, it is not. It's yeah, They would have to pass the DS at that point too, which I think also considering that the Switch is still, you know, I mean, in terms of competing for the attention of like, you know, kids who might like be playing games or whatever, you know, it is still competing against like well, kids have smartphones nowadays, and the yeah. DS kind of came out at a time where that wasn't necessarily true for a lot of people, and so. Not only
1: that, but the accessibility as well. You know, I mean, you saw even like grandmothers use like you know the DS and whatnot, and same thing with the Wii, right? right? The right. Wii was literally available for anyone and everyone who just wanted to have fun. The Switch, while I think kind of holds the same philosophy, isn't as accessible. I think it's just high tech enough where I think the older demographic, um, you know, let's just say like fifty, sixty plus, you know, would probably be like, eh, I, I, you know, I'm I not. Mean, nah, I think I'm good. You know, uh, they probably might not be as invested into it
2: yeah it's also going to depend heavily on how much longer are you going to have to wait until we get a brand new system from nintendo because i think they forecast this year about 21 million sales which is already pretty high and i think that would put them at the third spot around 128 129 million total Mm -hmm. um and theoretically if they kept that up for another two years that would put them above those other systems But again, that's going to depend, like Dan said, on what kind of games, what kind of software are you going to be getting at that point? Are you going to be getting a new iteration? Um, And like I mentioned, are they going to be releasing a new system soon? Right. Well, and the chip shortage, too. I mean, that's just affecting Mm -hmm. all the
0: game console manufacturers right now. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, and then on top of that, they talked a lot about uh, their game sales, um, which there's always a lot to talk about there, but I think uh, something that a lot of folks will be excited to hear is that uh, Metroid Dread sold about three million copies, which makes it the best-selling Metroid game of all time. Yes. Uh, it used to be Metroid Prime, uh, but of course, the Switch being the sales juggernaut that it is, um, it's good good sign for the Metroid franchise, in my opinion.
1: Definitely, mm-hmm. I mean, it it's, it totally deserves it. I mean, Metroid Dread was just so brilliant. But honestly, when you think about it, just how how much Metroid Prime sold uh, back on a game, on GameCube, which like looking back on it i mean total lifetime sales were what somewhere between 20 and 30 million like they weren't much so you know it's kind of insane to think about that you know a a lot of gamecube owners had metroid dread versus three million when you think about it uh, compared to the you know switch install bases you know it's so small you know in the grand scheme of things but anything that reaches over a million is you know immediately considered a success typically for video games right so um so but it's it's great to hear though that metroid dread um just appealed to so many people and became such a success because it, I, I think it deserves it. It was a fantastic game. Metroid hasn't been around for a while, and to come back like that and you know achieve that success with uh, who I believe is one of Nintendo's best characters, Samus, um, is is just really great to see.
2: Yeah, some some people are arguing online whether this was really a success or not for Metroid because well you know Mario Kart sold like forty five million and and Pokemon sold like fourteen million and it's like. This is Metroid. Like, technically, 3 million is not much when you compare it to something like Mario Kart, but that's sure. freaking Mario Kart. Yeah, <laughs> <Of course>. Metroid You <laughs> se- anything to yeah. Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah. Metroid selling 3 million places it as, like, a solid B-tier Nintendo franchise with things like Fire Emblem and Kirby, which is a perfectly good spot for the series to be. Having Absolutely. it be higher would be preferable, but this is enough of a showcase um, for Nintendo to see that hey, this is a series worth investing into. It can pull decent numbers,
0: yeah, but yeah, uh, Nicholas, to the point that you had mentioned, um you mentioned uh Pokemon, um and yeah, it just this blows me away, but um the Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes sold about fourteen point six five million units, which is impressive, but uh consider this, those remakes sold more. Then Pokemon Legends Arceus, Arceus, I never know how to say it, Um, which sold twelve point six four million units. Um, So these these remakes sold more than a brand new Pokemon game that is technically they're calling it a mainline entry in Japan.
2: Yeah, little concerning personally. I mean, I think most of us have heard that BDSP had some definite issues. Had a lot of issues um, (laughs) in terms of quality. And the fact that, I mean, you have to consider that on the one hand, uh, it released a few months before Arceus, so it's going to have a little bit of a head start. And the fact that it is two versions as opposed to one version means that at least some users are going to double dip, and that's going to inflate sales numbers a little bit. Yeah. But regardless of that, the fact that what what is a very bread-and-butter, uh, not-super-polished seemingly pretty low-budget remake is still selling on par with, if not more than this brand new, innovative thing that has been pretty widely praised, even by detractors, as being a good step for the yeah. Pokemon series. It's concerning, and I really hope that that doesn't mean we're going to see less things, less attempts like Arceus in the future in favor of more by-the-books games. Because Arceus really was something special. It really was such a big evolution and one of the first evolutions the series has really taken.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's true. And yeah, I mean, 13 million is still like a lot of sales objectively, but, um, but yeah, I mean, even comparing, I mean, I guess if you were to compare it to sword and shield, which I think sold like a total of like 30 million, I think was the number I saw last, um, you know, like the, both the remake and legends Arceus still have like quite a ways to go in comparison to that. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I I do also feel like you know Sword and Shield just came out a while back, so maybe over time, like you know, we'll see Legends Arceus like regain some of those sales. But um, right. they're putting out a, lo- a lot of Pokemon games. It's they're I feel, feel like yeah. they're competing with themselves at this point.
2: Yeah, and announcing well, Gen Nine when they did was an odd decision because like I can't imagine that helped Arceus's momentum much. <laughs> like it, what they announced it a month after Arceus's release. Like that's
0: yeah 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 they probably could have like held on to those Pokemon remakes a bit longer honestly and waited for like more of a gap in between games is probably what I would have done but um but Absolutely. hey speaking of things we've been uh, getting a lot of lately, we've been getting a lot of monster hunter news uh we we just got another monster hunter direct uh this past week, and uh like we've been getting these pretty much every month at this point it feels like since they announced this expansion um the one before this one was in like late April, so it's only been a couple weeks. Um, so, uh, but yeah, um, Nicholas, you're you're pretty excited for this DLC, am I am I right?
2: Yep, um, I'm a big Monster Hunter fan. Uh, I've been in the series for like a decade now, uh, so I'm really excited for Sunbreak. Um, so, so what, so what was new in this direct? What what did they talk about? Right. So, um, the main things were they they showed off three new monsters. Uh, a new system of basically having AI companions help you win hunts, which is not entirely a new thing to the series. It was in the MMO in Japan, which I don't know how many people have experienced. Uh, but that's mostly new. And then a lot of mechanical changes and little things they're adjusting for the game uh, compared to Rise. Um, these are really fun <laughs> for me. The Monster Hunter expansions are a classic thing for the series. I think pretty much every game has had an expansion of some kind, uh, and they're all great. They all like nearly double the content of the game, if not more. They're never a bad purchase, and they really don't feel. You might like. You might think, them releasing a game and then a year later releasing an expansion to the game is a little scummy. It never has really felt that way, because it's always had so much content to justify that price. Um, and Sunbreak seems like it's going to have basically the same amount, the same stuff that we loved, and just going to be adding more and more to the game, fixing some of the issues people had with Rise, and just really looking forward to it. Well, and this is one of those games, too, that like people
0: who love Monster Hunter, like they're, they've been playing Monster Hunter Rise this whole time, like since it came out, mm-hmm. so i'd imagine the people who are really gung-ho about this game they're going to be thrilled to be getting expansion of this scope because my understanding is it's adding like quite a bit of uh like this massive new environment and, and like a new new hub and um i mean it's just it's a lot of content for people to see, sink their teeth into but um they've been talking about this this expansion for so long like i think people are
2: just
1: ready
0: for it to come out
1: <laughs> yeah i, think, yeah, this I is... think they definitely announced it a bit early <laughs> Yeah, I think Um, this is Rise's version of, like, I mean, this is essentially what Iceborne was to Monster Hunter World, right? Where it's like, here's, you know, this massive expansion that's just going to keep the game going for just an insane amount of hours, uh, you know, for fans of the series.
0: Yeah, the last Monster Hunter game I played was Monster Hunter Tri on the Wii. (laughs) And uh, so it's been a while since I've played a Monster Hunter game, and I'm a little intimidated, honestly. Like, like... I know people are just eating up all this new info about like oh there's three new monsters and I'm like okay like like all these different <laughs> weapon classes and it, it's just like in my head I'm like wow like I feel like I have like totally missed the boat on understanding
2: what all this means. <laughs> yeah, Monster Hunter has always been fairly difficult to get into. It's one of those games that to really get into it you kind of have to have some form of either, like, video guide you're following to understand how everything works, or have, like, a friend that guides you through everything. But when it clicks, it really clicks. (laughs) You will often hear of Monster Hunter, maybe not detractors, but people that aren't really interested in the series, that will have, like, one good experience, have, like, one friend show them around for, like, a few hours, and then suddenly they go back in for a few more hours, and then a few more hours, (laughs) and then by the time they've noticed what's happened, they finish the game. (laughs) Slowly sinks its teeth into you, is what you're saying. Yep, just drains the life out of you. Got it, got it.
0: Hey Nicholas, uh, they uh, there's a new uh, Nintendo Switch Pro controller coming out.
2: Oh <laughs> what do you, what do you think about me. <laughs> Um So I already have three Pro controllers. I have my regular one. I got the Xenoblade wow. Two one when that came out, uh, and then I got the Rise one when that came out because I needed a new one. And I wait, don't. Wait a second. They, be... they, made,
0: they made a pro controller for Monster Hunter Rise, and now they're making yes. a pro controller for the Monster Hunter Rise DLC.
2: Yes. Monster oh Hunter is the series with the most pro controllers, which is insane. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to have to own just as many pro controllers as I own jo- a Joy-Con, but <laughs> it, it might happen at this point. <laughs>
0: Wow. Yeah. I was, uh, when I looked at it, I was like, man, Nintendo is still making these special editions that really don't look all that different from the regular <laughs> yeah. controller. That was my takeaway. <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, I, I love whenever there's something like special edition regarding, a uh, Monster Hunter, though, that, that comes out because I still maintain, I think the Monster Hunter, um, 3ds XL, the new 3ds XL that came out forever ago i think with 4 ultimate maybe um mm-hmm. that one was so good i wanted that one so bad um, they had another one after that that was more blue but uh, the one that came out with 4 ultimate that was like more of a silver, yeah, I think the more silver, of a silver machine yeah. yeah oh my god so good yeah those so consoles good.
0: were so so slick but they don't really do stuff like that anymore i mean we no, really no, haven't gotten anything like that yeah well monster hunter rise folks uh coming
2: out late july i want to say Late June, late June. It's going to be about a month before Xenoblade Three, and that's how I'm timing it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You've got your whole summer planned out already, Nicholas. Oh, it's yeah. (laughs) It's gonna be all right. Well, uh, before we talk about what we've been playing, uh, there were a couple more things we wanted to talk about. Uh, Just smaller news topics. We're just gonna quickly try and squeeze them all in here for you, so you have the most complete Nintendo everything refresh that you can get. Um, So. Smaller news topics, um, something that really struck me this week was, uh, there was an interview with Reggie Fils-Aimé, who we mentioned last week, recently put out a book, and, uh, the person interviewing asked him, hey, what the heck is going on with F-Zero? And he basically said, uh, that at various points, uh, you know, teams inside Nintendo have kind of experimented with F-Zero, um, which is not necessarily new, you know, new information, Um, but it's kind of, you know, the first like outright confirmation we've had in a while that like, hey, Nintendo, like they haven't abandoned the franchise per se, as a lot of people are concerned about. Like Reggie, he basically says, um, at least this is a quote from him, at least during my tenure, Nintendo developers were always experimenting with different gameplay styles, always thinking about where a unique experience could be applied back. So, and then he says, my bet is that somewhere in the Kyoto Development Center, some developer is playing around with an idea that might be applied to F-Zero. So, hope is still there for the F-Zero fans that are out there. Alright, next kind of mini-news topic, uh, Pokemon Home, uh, which is kind of in a weird place right now with the 3DS, you know, reaching the end of its life.
2: Um, Pokemon Home just got support for some new games, is that correct, Nicholas? Um, Well, sort of. It's been announced that it's getting support for BDSP and Arceus soon, Um, so it'll probably be within the coming weeks, but man, why? I just do not understand why it is that they've been releasing these games and people have to wait, like, what is it, five months to half a year just to be able to transfer Pokémon. It is genuinely baffling to me that this is the the business model that they have adopted with Pokemon Home, and I do not it's like it. It's <laughs> like core functionality, like to the it's diehard. So Pokemons. bizarre! Yeah, they've gone to an effort to block cloning, so you can't transfer clones of Pokemon uh, from BDSP to Home. Which uh, fair, because I guess BDSP has a lot of cloning, even though I don't necessarily think that was a priority. There's several other issues with Pokemon Home that probably should have been addressed before that. But just like man, I don't. It's so—it's such a bizarre thing that um, they're waiting until these games, they've already announced Gen 9, they're waiting until these games are close to, not dead, but they've definitely decreased in activity and sales before actually putting Pokemon Home out. I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It, 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 what drives me even more crazy is we're also talking about you know a, a game like bdsp where if i'm not mistaken the global trade station or the equivalent to it is still not available there's a whole uh, part uh
2: of... it is i think they it it w- they put it up last month or the month before okay. uh it's not the gts but it's like the wonder trade sys- functionality okay, in the right. game yeah which they didn't have for like four or five months which is again yeah. just why
1: <laughs> that's insane to me because that was always one of my favorite features in past games and uh, but yeah there was, there was a whole section of like one of the first cities you go into that you can't even access because if you try to go that way literally an NPC will stop you and be like hey hey we're not ready yet um, you, you can't go this way and but yeah it, it's like you said Nicholas you know the, the activity has decreased a lot I haven't touched it in months you know so like this news isn't exciting or particularly useful to me you know so uh <laughs> it's 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 just yeah I just don't need to use it anytime soon unless you know I do need to all of a sudden transfer things, but at the same time, it's like i to be so stingy uh the Pokemon company to be so stingy over you know how we play these games, I think is a little concerning um, yeah i i I just let people do what they want to do, who cares if they're i mean if you okay look cloning if you want to patch that out fine right because that's something that's not intended that was an exploit of the game that it could be considered a bug a broken feature right whatever um but you know just let people do what they want to do with pokemon home or or you know then the no cloud save thing it just drives me crazy it drives me crazy um you know, it's it's if people want to fill their
0: Pokemon homes with twenty badoofs, I say let them, you know. Yeah, let
1: them. <laughs> let them mm-hmm. You know, yep. it, people, you know, that's their prerogative, you know. But it's like just it, to have so many restrictions on a game like this, like honestly everything's gonna be okay. Like take a breather. Somebody needs to tell these people, like, everything's gonna be okay, man. <laughs> Everything will be okay. It's fine. Like I don't know if they're worried about, you know global tournaments and stuff like that because people just in case don't play legitimately but again that's why you put those checks in place right yeah yeah Yeah. so you know no clones and so on and so forth so Mm -hmm. uh in terms of game releases
0: this week um most of i'd say the big stuff we got uh came from that indie world showcase um but dennis you've been playing uh auden chronicle rising is that correct
1: that's right, yeah. I've put a couple hours into it. Not too, too much to really, like, give a, like, you know, a certain, like, you know, review on it. Um, but, you know, I, I do have some impressions. What
0: are your first impressions? Yeah. Give us your hot yeah. take.
1: So, it's... it's. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, w- I was talking to uh, one of our other writers, um, Elias, uh, about this, uh, because they're also a big fan of our uh, RPGs as well, and they've been enjoying it, and, and, and I've been enjoying it to a degree as well but i'd be lying if i said it didn't feel generic um i I was expecting to go into this game uh putting in a couple hours at a time on it but instead i've only been able to put roughly 30 to 45 minutes per session whenever i do end up playing it because i end up getting bored right now i don't dislike the game i like it there's a lot of charm to it i think the art style is fantastic the character illustrations are fantastic i love the sort of um uh you know uh 2d hd thing it's got kind of going on right because you have the sprites kind of uh contrasted with a 3d environment and background right um and i love that i think it looks great but again it's from early impressions um could it be better yeah absolutely um especially since there's two of these games uh coming out right like we have chronicle Mm -hmm. rising and then i believe next year will be 100 Heroes, I think is what it is, or maybe sometime later mm-hmm. this year. But either way, there's two no, games that were in development.
0: Yeah, you're right. Although 100 Heroes is more of a
1: grander-in-scope
0: RPG, that has
1: not okay. yet been confirmed for the Switch. So Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, because I've just been playing this through uh, Game Pass, and uh, you know, I've been, again, I've been enjoying my time with it, but I, I, once again, I, I'd be lying if I said it didn't feel generic the combat is very straightforward once you grow your party um each button sort of assigns different attacks right so you can use x to use one of the characters to attack y for another one b for another one and a is your jump button and that's essentially it uh it's not much outside of that i mean you have your storage and you know your potions and stuff like that that like a typical rpg would have and your upgrades and your skill trees and whatnot but right yeah, it did uh, seem
0: pretty simple looking at it, too. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on how it kind of just had that generic feel, but I think yeah. people are more excited for the other game that's coming out, 100 Heroes, and so yeah, that one I think it will better. probably sell sell fairly well. I think so. Well, I think, um, I mean, shoot, talking about that game, we might as well just go into uh, what we've all been playing. Uh, Nicholas, what have you been playing lately?
2: Um, so mostly getting into Octopath, like I've mentioned before, just playing through a few more chapters of that. Um, really getting the rust off, and at this point, I think I've gone back into it, and it's just really fun. Other than that, uh, I have actually started playing Donkey Kong Country 2 with a friend through uh, SNES Online, and I've oh. never played the game before, but it's uh, it's really fun. It's, a, it's interesting, because after having played uh, Donkey Kong Country with the same friend, you can tell kind of how... They change the mechanics and involve the gameplay just a little bit for uh, Donkey Kong Country 2, and it's really fun. Nicholas, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone saying
0: I, like that they've used like the online part of Switch Online <laughs> to like, play these NES or
2: SNES games over the internet. And It's like f- so fascinating to me. Successfully, no less. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it works surprisingly well, or at least it has for me. And I don't have the greatest connection. But uh, played through Donkey Kong Country, played some Kirby's Dream Course, Donkey Kong Country Two, a few other NES games, uh, and it all worked fine. I mean, the online—it's a tiny bit at times you can get a little a little finicky, but for the most part, uh, it's pretty stable. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's just is I mean, it's I'm glad that it works. Yeah, it's never guaranteed <laughs> with Nintendo yeah. Online, but it's definitely um, no, a it's feature just... that not many people seem to know about. Like you can exactly. even. There's even, I think, a way of, um, if you don't want to play and your friend is just playing a single-player game, I think there's an option to just spectate on their game. Huh. Well, you
0: learn something new every day. Um, no, it's, it's I'm glad you are, uh, doing something for, uh, to spice, spice up your gaming, uh, gaming hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, you know, have to go through some of the classics. There you
0: go. Um dennis i know we, we just talked you were, we were talking about uh, you did chronicles rising but have yep. you been jumping into anything else this this yeah, past week I, or so
1: this past week i played and beat uh during this past weekend actually uh trek to yomi um and man what a fantastic game it's the new game published by devolver digital who's just a great publisher in general and uh Ah, oh, man, like, if, if you're not familiar with Track Yomi, it's basically like, just think of like if they took Ghost of Tsushima uh, but made it more like, you know, 40s, 50s, Kurosawa uh, type of films, right? Seven Samurai, uh, so on and so forth. And it, But it more of a side-scrolling um, aspect to it. Uh, it's very linear, sort of in the same case of like Inside or Limbo, uh, Little Nightmares, things like that. But, man, the environments are fantastic. The combats... For the most part, fluid. I think that's probably the jankiest part of the game. Um, but it works. And it's just an incredible experience uh, through and through. And uh, highly recommend it if you're a fan of just um, not only Japanese culture, but Japanese history as well. And it just has a fantastic uh, aesthetic. The whole thing is in black and white. It has a sort of like grain filter to it as well, just like the older films do. And the story's great. And it really is probably one of my favorite games that i've played uh in in quite some time it's fantastic uh i, I can't recommend it enough it's great
0: yeah that's some strong praise um yeah it's definitely an eye catching game um i mean it's i that was the thing that made me want to play i was looking at those visuals and be like wow i've never seen a game that captures this type of black and white film aesthetic so confidently um yeah. But, yeah, I I had heard that maybe the actual, like, feel of the game was a little rough around the
1: edges. Is, it, has it that been your experience? Is. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it, it's... And it's challenging, too. It's hard, but it's a welcoming challenge. Um, really, I didn't really start dying until, like, the later part of the game. And I, I do believe you can actually probably go through the game without dying. Um, but you have to be very methodical in the combat. You can't just hack and slash away because you will be forced to parry and block and like learn how to wield that sword like a samurai would. Um, so don't just start swinging like crazy. Like you do have to be patient and like, you know, just really anticipate uh, uh, the moves and read your opponent and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's janky. I don't really particularly agree with all the, like the sixes and sevens I saw um, on launch day. Okay. if uh, the reviews all the from all the sites uh, that were going around. But um, I do believe it's probably in, you know, I'm trying to do this in an unbiased way, but probably it's a strong 8. It's a very, very strong 8. And I think 6s and 7s don't really do it enough justice, but I do think it's probably because people more than likely got frustrated because of the combat because I can definitely see that. Uh, There's, again, a lot of jankiness to it and just a lot of inconsistencies that make you go, what? Like, that doesn't make sense at all. Um, All
0: Alright, folks. Well, I think that just about wraps up our show for the week. Uh, This has been episode 8, I believe, of Nintendo Everything Refresh. So, as always, thank you again to everyone who has been supporting us and sticking around. Um, We were a small but mighty podcast, so uh, definitely spread the word share, uh, you know, give us, give us some love on social media. Uh, we're trying to grow this bad boy so we can do some more interesting things in the future. Um, so if there's anything that you like about the show or you got any feedback for us, just let us know in the comments. Uh, you can also drop us a line directly at our show email. Uh, we are in all the major streaming platforms at this point. So, um, if you're watching on YouTube, you can also check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but that's about it. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And we'll be back next week with everything new and exciting in the world of Nintendo.